My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. Hey, how's it going? This is uh, Steve and my co-host... Sean. Sean, right beside me. And this is Lost in Translation with uh, Park Whiskey Society. This is... Some, this, this podcast is something that we've been kind of dreaming up for a while now and been procrastinating on for almost a year and finally finally we're here so this is pretty exciting for for me and, and I know Sean's been talking my ear off about it for months now so we're gonna start we're gonna start with uh, introducing ourselves a little bit just in case well obviously we don't know everybody that's gonna listen the few of you that finally end up downloading an, uh, an episode uh, my name is Steve Shaw I'm I'm the man behind the Park Whiskey Society account on Instagram, and the guy who who I guess started started the club uh, what almost three or about three week, three years ago I think uh, it was me and my my good friend Graham Hoff and G Hoff on Instagram yeah and buddies of ours uh, Chad Ward and and Harris Propella we decided to start a club because we needed a reason to get together and drink whiskey and what better way to do that than than say that we're a club instead of just degenerate husbands wanting to get together and get drunk so uh yeah i don't know three years ago we kind of decided let's let's see who else is interested it started with 10 people and grew into now we're going to be almost at 50 paid members and, and not because i not because there's not more people that want in, just because I only have so much time to spend on, on making all the arrangements for for the club and managing the club because it's it's obviously a hobby. It's not a full time job or anything like that. But with uh, with the help from the boys, we we make it work the best we can, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, slowly, as the as kind of the the club evolved and the Instagram account evolved, um, obviously I got into to like a product style whiskey photography, which, which has led into a whole bunch of other open or uh, doors to open and that kind of thing. So we can, we can get into that all on, all on some other episodes, but it's uh it's, it's a good time. I don't know. Like Sean, Sean here was, he's been a member for over a year now and has become obviously a good friend of mine and, and a good friend of a lot of people in the club. So it's, it, it's a fun time. It's a very active community, especially here in Edmonton. And it's been, it's been very, very interesting and, and fun to kind of witness everybody come out of the woodworks. And I feel like it's just flourished and blossomed over the last few years. I mean, you could probably attest to that. Oh yeah, for sure. But everybody's kind of coming together within their own means. Not everybody's, not everybody we interact with obviously is part of the club, but we, we certainly don't let it stand in the way of sharing some, sharing some whiskey together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's people from the club that I talked to that I never ever met before. There's, you know, made some really good friends from the club. And then through that brought people into the club after I joined, not me personally, but you know, people that we talk to that, you know, they always see us posting during the tastings and events that we do. And man, I'd love to be part of that. How can I get in? I'll just let us know. And, you know, we might have 50 paying members, but not everybody gets to go to the tastings. Like I've missed some. No, for sure. And that's, and be, for the people that obviously can't make it to the tastings, they, they still get their samples and they still get everything that's, 
that we went through and tasting notes and, and sheets and stuff like that. I package it all up for them, which is, which I think is nice because then you, you still have kind of that constant budget to plan for, for purchasing whiskey. And yeah, whether you make it or not, you still get your con, you still get your, your return. Yeah, the first tasting I was part of the club I actually missed because I was working. Yeah, I remember that. He dropped them off my doorstep. Schedule. Yeah, my week on, week off. He dropped the the samples off my doorstep, and I think it was a week or two later, I took off to BC on vacation and ended up drinking them on a beach on Vancouver Island. (laughs) Yeah, which I don't know might be a better setting than sitting in a. That was the (laughs) that was the Aki PX, the nineteen eighty eight PX, that thing. Yeah, and then the uh, deadly, deadly, deadly. What was it? The Masters Keep. Oh, the Masters Keep revival, the Oloroso. Oh, that was so good. Wild Turkey, yeah, that was really good too. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun. And obviously COVID has kind of derailed it yeah. all. And we've had some virtual tastings and stuff like that. And I would love to, I would love to someday open, just open the doors completely and see how big we can, we can make this. But that's, uh, that's going to be, it's definitely not in the present. <laughs> no. But well, maybe we'll get there. Who knows? Uh, there's still a lot of exciting things to come for Park Whiskey Society, so. We'll just keep growing inter- incre- incrementally and uh, and go from there. I know you want to be a big part of it going forward. So oh yeah, for sure. Why not? Exactly. Nothing better to <laughs> Um. So tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit, or tell not me, but tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Sean. The well, he is the the Knights of Templar for uh, Irish whiskey. Yeah, I, Canadian uh, whiskey. I have the most original whiskey themed Instagram title. It's uh, at Sean Kincaid. <laughs> um. I don't know why I never changed it, even though, I mean, I still have family and stuff that follow me. Yeah, exactly. They probably get sick of all the whiskey bottles, but I have family members that like every single post, so who knows? Um, yeah, I got Guaranteed into whis- engagement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I got into whiskey probably going on three years now. Uh, you know, my wife managed the bar for a long time after we met, so I drank a lot of whiskey, but it was more in shot form. Or... <laughs> I think we all had that kind of (laughs) stop. Usually it's at the beginning of the journey where everything, all the whiskey gets poured in a shot glass or underneath some shitty shitty pop of some sort. right? (laughs) Um, But no, I, uh, I actually won a trip through uh, a radio station in town here and it was a trip to Ireland, one on St. Patty's day. Uh, My wife and I took a couple years to plan it out and we went in 2018 and that basically kickstarted my whiskey journey as it is now. Um, we decided to go to Glengoyne. Sole reason, uh, it's the closest distillery to where the Kincaid name started. Okay. I just picked it on a map and we went there, did a tour and a tasting and uh, brought back some some small sample bottles of Glengoyne. Even at that point, like when I did the tasting, it kind of hit me hard and wasn't expecting... 12 year old Glen Goyne. <laughs> my wife still makes that face to this day when drinking whiskey, but she's a trooper. She'll knows everything and taste very few. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, on the trip, we also went to Ireland and, uh, we stopped at Bushmills up in Northern Ireland. Um, that's kind of where my direct ancestors came to Canada from 120 years ago was from Northern Ireland. So, Felt right to go there, and same thing, brought back a few different things from Bushmills. And then it wasn't too long after that trip, I had a friend who was in a small whiskey club 
and kept telling me how fun it was, you know, drinking proper whiskey, tasting it, nosing it. And so, well, I just decided one day, it sounds like something I could get into. And really, to that point, it's weird because all my friends laugh at me because I was always the designated driver. I hardly drank ever, like maybe four <laughs> or five times a year. Really? Yeah. I never drank. Jeez. I was always the DD. I wish I had that problem. I yeah. was the opposite. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, you know, decided and pulled out a couple of samplers, bought us a few other small samplers from the stores. And my first ever bottle that I bought myself was a Highland Park 12. And that kind of just kickstarted it from there. Never looked back. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like for me, whiskey's kind of always been, it's always been in my life. My dad was always a, was always a whiskey drinker. Um, and, and before him, like my, my grandfather was in the private liquor sales, uh, for my dad's entire life. So, so, so that, that's, that sort of atmosphere has always kind of been part of our family. And my, uh, my father kind of taught me, taught me to appreciate whiskey at a younger age. I was, I was drinking the, the Jack Daniels and, and water and Jack Daniels and soda kind of thing when I was really, really young. Uh, well, not that young, obviously I wasn't like 10 years old, but, <laughs> but when I was in my twenties, right, I was the, the oddball out, not mixing it with, with Coke. Although I, I, I do appreciate a good Jack and Coke, like who doesn't? Um, but yeah, so it's always kind of always been a part. My, my brother drinks whiskey and it's, it's something that when we, when we get together at Christmas and, and holidays and stuff like that, it's always, we sit down with a new bottle and the three of us just basically pound it back <laughs> it's it's become a it's been a really cool tradition and it went now but it's kind of gone from me raiding my dad's liquor cabinet to my dad raiding mine because <laughs> mine's grown a little bigger than his now but it's one of those it's one of those hobbies that you can't just half ass no it's either you're it's either you're right in or you're or you or you're just casual enough that that i don't know you don't really care that much right yeah. because it is so it's difficult to keep up with everything that's going on in the whiskey world and how many options there are and how many great distilleries there are and it's yeah it's one of those things it's 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 a full time hobby is what oh yeah that's what my my wife likes to say right I spend I spend more time thinking about everything that I got going on surrounding whiskey than I do for most parts of my life yeah right like we. We, we sit, we sit taking pictures and uh, talking about whiskey <laughs> and ig ignore our family sometimes because <laughs> you just can't help yourself, but keep plugged in. And yeah. it's, it's kind of just, it, you just get, you get a little bit of addicted to it, not even just drinking it. You just get addicted to like the, the community component of it, but it's, it's incredible. It's incredible how many people I've met and how many people we kind of became friends with and we're pass across. And like, even me and you, when we were just talking about how our our paths actually probably crossed years ago oh, yeah. talking about the old, like the old Edmonton music scene. And, and back when, uh, when I used to lead sing in a, in a <laughs> hardcore punk band, hardcore punk, punk band. Yeah. Back <laughs> in the day. So what, 20, well, 15, 20 years ago kind of thing. But we, we were hanging out with the same crowd yeah. and didn't even know exist. And, we had a lot of shows. Took same shows. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> took whiskey to finally bring us together, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that it is this this spirit. I think brings people together more than more than any other spirit. That's for sure. Oh, exactly. And I mean, just the way I see it is the time and patience 
and care that goes into making a bottle of whiskey. You can make a bottle of vodka in a day. Yeah, you Canada, can. You Canada, can make it in your basement. Canada, Scotland, Ireland, like, they all have a three-year rule. So the youngest an actual whiskey can be in any of those countries is three years. So the commitment to making it yeah, resembles yeah. the commitment to drinking it. Exactly, and the commitment to the community. I mean, we talk about it and we say it's the whiskey fabric, but it is. It's literally a like a patchwork fabric from all walks of life, all areas of the country and world. And through social media, you're able to connect with everybody. Well, and the other, like the other cool thing about it is that you can, I can go on so, social media like Instagram and I can completely unplug away from the garbage that's going on around us in our society because people are not interested in tying politics and social issues to whiskey. No, it brings everybody together Right under, under one common love. And that's all, that's all people are interested in. They're just interested in talking about what whiskeys they're, they're liking today. And, and even the photographer, like the photographer, photographer side of, of the community is incredibly talented. Oh yeah. Like there are so many great photographers just eating this whiskey <laughs> product shit up. Like it is, yeah. it's, it's fun. And I love, yeah, I just, I love interacting with them and and having fun with them over over social media yeah exactly it's you know it is a community and not just the fact that we all are after the same spirits but you know it's everybody is together and you feel that sharing a likeness yeah you know i mean we were just talking earlier again about um you know a member of the whiskey community who fell on hard times and had an illness and you saw people it's happened a few times now where they had huge money raising events. Yeah. And they just had one recently. Yeah. It's for, and that's for one guy. Yeah. But they raised $30,000 in a night. In a night. With, this is just whiskey community. YouTube and whiskey. People raising, like, yeah, none of these people were friends before they became part of the whiskey community. No. So yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Pretty incredible. Even saying that, like a future guest that we'll have, they, um, Travis, he started that Dram for Fans, and it was just the Edmonton Scotch Club basically that started it, raising money for local food banks for food here bank. in town. Yeah. Now, three years later, it's sixteen clubs across North America, and they've crossed the hundred thousand dollars raise mark. Like, I know it's incredible. That's just people getting together, enjoying whiskey, like distilled grains. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a very giving community, and. Um, I mean, we both enjoy samples. I can't even explain the sample. Part oh, of it. I got cabinets full of samples yeah. from every, like, I found a I box. I can't keep up I with I found them. a box yesterday that was sealed from a year ago with over a hundred <laughs> sample bottles in it and some like crazy, crazy whiskeys that I'll never see in my lifetime. Yeah. But I was like, Oh, there's an ounce of it. So yeah, it's, it's insane. The kind of, you know, the community aspect of the whiskey community. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's inspiring. Yeah, totally. on a daily basis. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's pour ourselves a drink before we continue on this this road here. What do you got for us? Uh, so this is something I found. We were while well, we were down in Canmore Banff, a couple or last weekend. Yeah, last weekend. So we stopped at the uh, we stopped in Okotoks so I could check out a liquor store. Right, doing a small town. The um, dusty whiskey, find. the dusty, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this one is a Tomatin single cast from bottled back in 2017, just two left. Uh, this is full maturation. 
NPX Sherry Butts. So mm-hmm. distilled back on 2001. This is my kind of dram right here. Yeah. So let's pop this baby. Ooh, ooh. That's, That's a nice pop. It's a beautiful pop. Oh, it smells so good. I can smell it from here. <laughs> so cast strength that don't pour too much. A little pop. <laughs> yeah. Cast strength at 55.3. Cool. Which is a, honestly, that's, that's usually where I love my whiskey. That's like, right in that mid fifties yeah. range. There's, there's some that obviously show well in getting up into the sixties, but not all of them do. I think 55 is a sweet spot for, for cast strength. Yeah. We'll have an episode where we go over ABV and proofs and. Yeah. We'll slowly as we, as we go along. So like the idea, cheers. The idea kind of behind our podcast is. We, we want to, we're obviously going to talk to, to some of the makers and distilleries and, and, uh, representatives and stuff like that. But we're more interested in the drinker side of, uh, of the industry. So like I said, the community. Yeah. The community. Exactly. And, and every, every, whether you're talking about, uh, Sean here or, uh, an influencer that's 50,000 followers or, or, uh, an ambassador or a distiller, a blender, or anybody, everybody, everybody started their journey as a drinker. Yeah, exactly. Before they became who they are. So we want to know, we want to talk about who, who the drinker is and, and what they love and why, and why they love whiskey. You can, like, you can find out information on distilleries and, and whiskeys on Google if you want. You can, all you have to do is type it in and you get 25,000 different options. YouTube and, and information and YouTube is lots of YouTubers talking about it. So we kind of wanted to approach it from a different angle. And like I said, talk, talk to the drinker inside all these people. Cause that's kind of the, that's the part that really interests me. Yeah, exactly. Find out their personal journeys, what got them to where they are today, why they do what they do, whether it's just drinking or collecting or ambassadors, you know, influencers. We got some pretty cool guests lined up for the first few episodes. So. Yeah, I'm excited to get this rolling and see where it can go. Yeah, for sure. What's your thoughts on this uh, Tomatin here? Tomatin for me is my, I like to call it my juice box whiskey. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I've heard that before too. <laughs> yeah, it is you, because you could basically put like the Tomatin 18, the 14, the 25, the like any of them. You could literally put them in a juice box yeah, and just chug them, them with a straw. <laughs> like it's, they're always super super drinkable and fruity and looks well, crazy this delicious one, what is it you said it was a uh, 14 year uh Roughly. no 2001 to 2017 so six, 16 in a bit in between 16 and 17 and full px i mean you get other 10 year full px and it's all fruit and sweetness and mm-hmm. this one like deep like caramel yeah it's way more caramel and like chocolatey and yeah. that kind of thing oh it's awesome this is like I'm I'm a big PX fan. Like last night, I was drinking that Glen Elgin PX, the new Carmore release from the fall. Yeah, it's so so drinkable. Oh, and the spirits are pretty similar between Glen Elgin and, and Tomat. They're yeah. both like super super clean yeah, spirits, right? Yeah, they oh. take to the PX very well. They do. Yeah, yeah, they interact with that type of cast. It's um this time of year has been new releases. It's Everybody's whiskey getting ready. It's whiskey season. Yeah, you're getting ready for like the Christmas push and, and all the shelves are filling up with all kinds of new stuff and new like, releases plus you get all the gift packs like a lot of people love the gift packs i yeah. saw one that was dalmore 12 yeah 
instead of just having Glenn Cairns or whatever, they got stemmed almost like Copita style. Really? Two, two short stemmed oh, crazy. glasses in it. And I, like, I picked cool. it up and looked at it. I was like, what is <laughs> this? And it's cheap. Like, it's Delmar 12, probably the same price as a normal bottle. But you get and a then, couple cool glasses. Yeah, right? and, the, and the glasses <clears throat> are nice looking. So Interesting. Yeah, there's... It's it's not great for for the pocketbook, but yeah. it's but it's awesome for the shelf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's been some some unreal releases. Like you said, you know, full time hobby. It's always the FOMO, the fear fear missing out. Yeah, it is. So you know, on when, the moment you see somebody post a new that, model. that release, you're like, the first thing that comes to your mind. You're like, okay, where the fuck did they get that? Yeah, how did <laughs> right? they get that? Where you're just they- like instantly <laughs> panic mode. Where did they get it? You're messaging them. You're, you're like, being like, what? You how did you get it? Yeah. I know. It's funny because even when I'll, I'll just post something, I generally don't like to post things before, like if I get it before it's available. Yeah. I don't like to post it because I don't like to, I don't like to gloat or, or anything like that. But like I picked up that, the Buddha Manzanilla. Yeah. A week early because I was going to be gone. I was going to be gone. Yeah. So thankfully the store was able to, to get it to me sooner. And it was just funny because I just sent it out to you and, and the rest of the guys and all I got was basically a bunch of fuck yous in return. Well, I was also gone when that was well, released yeah. and I never got it. Just, <laughs> just, get, just gotta ask. Luckily I knew where there was a couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get into that and, uh, we got an episode coming up where we'll, we'll unfold that whiskey with, uh, with our buddy Mike yeah. Brisebois. But it's, it, it's just, it's fun because you can go. I love visiting a liquor store. You're the same as I am. Oh. I'll just go to, to walk the aisles like a, like a library, basically. If, there, if there's a day where my kids are in school, my wife's working. Yeah. Like, I pack the dogs up and we go and... Go on a journey. Yeah, go, go on Dusty a hunting or whatever, right? Because you never know what you're going to find. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you can find a Redbreast 15 marked down to less than half. Yeah. And, like... Well, like the tomato, the other tomato and the Dusty that I picked up from... Ace Liquor, which is like a, a small hole in the wall discounter, and uh, on the shelf was a 2002, yeah, 2002 tomato single cast aged in yes. sherry P or sorry PX hogshead, forty five dollars. Yeah, I was like, is this a joke? Is some, somebody set me up right here? Or yeah. what? Is there a camera? Is there a camera <laughs> watching me? My reaction? Yeah, am I gonna open this box? Is some like Dick's gonna hit me in the face or something like that. <laughs> like, what's going Pie on? Head. <laughs> but no, like exactly. Like I'll go and have no in, no intention whatsoever of buying anything. Yeah. And a lot of times <clears throat> I won't. I'll but I'll nope. spend forty five minutes looking at what's there. What even keeping a mental note of what's yeah. what's available, what's out there. And you know, like some stores will have bottles that you won't find anywhere else. So you take a mental note of what it is. My phone's filled with pictures of liquor store shelves because, you know, there'll be something I'll see that I don't know about. Like I said, back to the community. I'll send it to a few people and they'll be give me all the information I need. And then you can decide if you want to pick it up or not. Not, not every bottle I see goes in the green cabinet at home. No, I can't. You can't. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Me and you don't have endless amounts of money to do that. Not yet. No, yeah, maybe someday. coming. <laughs> I still haven't checked my lottery tickets from like two weeks ago. So I'm one of those guys. I just, I buy them unintentionally and then they sit in my truck for three weeks until I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta, I wake up at three. one of these days. I'm going to be, I'm going to win. Well, actually, no, that's a stupid statement, but yeah. one of these days, if I win, I'll have a ticket like a year old and they'll probably deny me or something like that. How long? 
You have a year. Oh, it is a year? Yeah. And then it expires? Yeah. Okay, I usually check before that, so. (laughs) I'm the opposite. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning at work. I check my tickets. Sometimes it's too early. It won't even scan. (laughs) (laughs) I have to wait till I get to work an hour later. You're you're that eager to find out. (laughs) Are you kidding me? If I'm at work, isn't that That kind of eagerness is like bad lottery karma, isn't it? Not a chance. Are you <laughs> Aren't me? you supposed to be like nonchalant because it's always the people the unexpected that win the lottery? Well, actually, you know, no, fuck that. It's all it's always the rich that win the lottery. Yeah. It's just bullshit. Do you know how much that would change my day at work if I had? That's you know, true. A million or more You're sitting just in my about to fly up to shitty northern Alberta. I'm talking about if I wake up in camp with a winning lottery. Oh, ticket. there you go. Oh, you check it online. That my phone number would be changed I before I even nowadays, got right? to the to my office. My phone number would be changed. You and I'd probably take a truck from the parking lot and just yeah. steal it. Leave yeah. money, leave cash in the parking lot. I'll put a note on the <laughs> truck beside it. Truck will be found in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, get Josh to pick me up at the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Josh, I'll give you a cool hundred grand to yeah. get me home right. Yeah. Not now, right? He would. Oh, yeah. In a sure second. And then you go, yeah, we'll hunt for Dusty's on the way. Maybe yeah. we'll buy a liquor store. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, the world was filled with magical creatures. The noblest among them were the unicorns. Giddy up. Giddy up. Unicorn. Giddy up. Giddy up. Unicorn. Giddy up. So during during these podcasts, we're gonna wrap off some uh, some segments, and one of them being one of them being we're gonna talk about potential and uh, well bottles that we think we're gonna turn into unicorns. There's so. always unicorns every year. There is for sure, and you can you just know as soon as you see the release. Oh yeah, right. If you see that first post, you see you just you know which distilleries are typically going to yeah generate. Well, I mean unicorn. one one that's already a unicorn from this year. You got to taste it a year before it got released. Yeah, the Manzanita. Yeah, and now it's you know there's people searching yeah. high and low for yeah. for that. That's definitely a unicorn. I was trying to think to myself what are like what what is a what is a more like a, a lower shelf whiskey that that you think is going to turn into a unicorn? And, and honestly, even these um, even these first releases of the Waterfords, oh yeah, right? They because of the because I think they're going to have such a culty type. They're going to build sorry a culty type following. base and yeah. following and stuff like that. I I can see these. I can see five or six years from now that their early spirits are definitely going to. They're going to be unicorns. They're going to be hard to find because they're not coming out in massive batches right now. No. And they're all, they're all like farm specific releases and that kind of thing. And that just, that just screams unicorn to me. Well, and you look at the way that they're releasing it. They're releasing it exactly how Brugladi releases theirs. Well, the Aukamore. connection to Jim McKinnon yeah. and, well, and that Mark, kind of thing. Mark Rainier. And Mark Rainier, sorry. He's the one that started That's right, sorry. Waterford. Yeah. Came from Brugladi, but you know, they release Aquamores in the, the point series. So 10.1, 10.2, 10.3. That's how they're doing the Waterfords. Already the ones that we have, which are the 1.1s, there's 1.2s on the shelf. They may only be two or three months older, but they have a, a different wine cask or, um, different maturations, you know. So is this, do you think this is one that we should go out and, 
place a bottle in the vault? I definitely want to, yeah. Yeah. And they're at, they just got put on the shelf at some of the more common stores too. Like I know that from our future sponsor of the show, Whiskey Drop, which we'll start dropping, dropping, whiskey, <laughs> dropping <laughs> no some. No pun uh, intended. <laughs> yeah. Some, maybe some ads for it. We still got to talk to them about yeah. it, but, um, they, they didn't even get a chance to place it on the shelf. That's where I got mine. Yeah, exactly. I got it before they it came in the, the door. It came in the front door, went out the back door with people so. wanting it right off the bat. So there's, there's already that, that type of interest level. Well, I mean, you have, you have the, the name for Mark Rainier coming from Luke Robby and what he did there. Yeah. And then you have what they're trying to do is, you know, preach about the terroir of whiskey and how it can change. Yeah. And, you know, they weren't shy about what they were doing. So everybody kind of grasped onto that. And now that they're finally releasing stuff three, four years later, it, it is going to fly off the shelves. And I think it's a matter of time. There are some on the shelves right now, but I'd say once people actually know what they're looking at, then it'll disappear. Pretty yeah, for sure. I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking we need to put in like a virtual tasting too, to kind of just get that. Cause there's such interesting profiles that I, I it's something that I want, I want other people to, to try. Well, and, and it's not like it, the, the average drinker that's not a alcoholic enthusiast like us. Yeah. They're going to just walk by it. They're going to be like, Oh, cool looking bottle, which is a beautiful looking bottle. Yeah. Oh, and then they're going to be like, I don't know what that is. So they're yeah. going to walk by, right? Well, not only that, but like from my background, it's an Irish whiskey. So yeah. it's sitting on the shelves next to Jameson and, you know, Tomor Dew and Bush Mills. Yeah. So. People that aren't, you know, super nerdy like us will see that and the price point on it. And then they'll see a Jameson beside it for less than half. And if they, you know, if they have no knowledge of what they're looking at, they'll grab the Jameson. And that's, hey, that's fine. That's where I started with that. But most whiskey drinkers, they want what they know. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, you can't really blame them for that. We we used to be that, I used to be that guy. Exactly. How many Glen Goins did you buy before you bought anything else? I've or Bush, five, or Bush Mills, or yeah, I've got five <laughs> different versions of the Glen Glen Ten sitting on my shelf. Well, exactly, because <laughs> you find you find what you like, and you just you buy the shit out of it. Exactly, and yeah, until you end up a crazy person like one of us, or, exactly. or <laughs> Josh, or I can why? name I can name a thousand of them. Why right do now. you have five of the same bottle? They're not the yeah. same. How many liquor shelves do you need? Yeah, how many liquor cabinets do you need? Floors and <laughs> the best is I've got obviously the stash downstairs and I've got two shelves or four shelves upstairs. Everyone's like, holy crap, that's a lot of whiskey. And then I take them down here. They're like, okay, you turn from cool to insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah something's clinically wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, um, for me, a unicorn that just came out that I think it's a limited release. I think it's only 15,000 bottles. Maybe is the kill home and Fino. Um, Kilholman again, a young distillery. They've only been around for 15 years or so. It's a family-owned distillery, which mm-hmm. is awesome. It was yeah, the first, first one in 125 years on Isla to open. And, of course, they make the peated Isla-style whiskey. I just find that they do things differently. They aren't bound by a big conglomerate. No, there's them. no corporate There's no corporate yeah. policy procedure behind them. It's, so they yeah. do... Yeah. Like I have a bottle on the way that's unpeated to home. Like I didn't even know that they had that. They said there was only like maybe a dozen casks yeah, in the warehouse cool. unpeated and four of them went into this bottle. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I've it, heard that this Fino 
is like that there's people that have already declared it the best kill Holman yeah. that they've ever had. Exactly. And like even from guys well, there's one guy in particular I can think of, right? Danny. Yeah. He uh whiskey mead on Instagram. He yeah. he's not even a big sherry guy. No. But he he loves this yeah. this phenol cast. He messaged me the second he saw it on the shelf and he's like, What do you know about this? Because he knows that I've been a kill Holman fanboy. Yeah. Like one of my Speaking of unicorns, one of my unicorn times was when I met um, Anthony Wills yeah, in Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, that's just cool. randomly walked into the liquor store and he was there opening up every single bottle of Kilholm and signing them. That's pretty cool. So if you went in six months later and bought a bottle that was on the shelf, then it came with his autograph on it. So, and he wouldn't even known. But anyways, yeah, so um, he was with me that day. So he knew that I was a huge Kilholm fan. I have been since I first got a bottle of the Macier Bay and uh yeah this Fino it's unreal. Um I put it up against a few nights ago I put it up against f- three other Fino cast whiskeys and it was by far the best. And that's a heavy hitter like the Lafroy. Well you went up Cardius yeah. Fino that Cavalan Fino. Yeah and people rave about that Lafroy and well, they say it's the best Cardius to ever be released and, and some of them are some of them are actually saying that the new port and wine one is pretty compared. Yeah, which is good, comparable. and I've heard that too. But this, but that Fino, I've had a, I've had a, a sample of that Fino. It's deadly good. Oh yeah, yeah. But that Kilholman Fino, it took top spot. Really and, easily, like oh, hands down. Easily. You tried in blind, or no? No, just side by side. Okay, just side by side. Like I knew what I was drinking, but I went back and forth to them, and yeah. um, then rated them. I mean, the Tobermory wasn't really a fair fight. It's Finnish. It's not the other three of full maturation. Yeah. So not even knowing much about Fino even six months ago. Yeah. And now I had four to pick from and that kill home and came out on top. Not which, a lot of Fino cast no, releases I mean, out it's there. A, but it's not, it's, it's a rare, uh, sherry barrel. Yeah. It's yeah. super light. Usually yeah. a lot of people, well, you can tell by the color that, no, that yeah. Holman, right. It's yeah. not, yeah, it's it's a very fair colored whiskey, yeah. but you get all that awesome cherry oh. sweetness in it, and yeah, it mixed with a peat. What's the level of peat on it? It's they usually put fifty yeah. ppm, okay. so normal. So they have normal. a couple releases coming out with a lighter peat, twenty five to thirty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most of their stuff are in that, that forty release, fifty range. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, so pretty typical. For Fino being such a light cherry, it stands up to that peat and almost enhances it in a way. So let's uh, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna move on a little bit here. Uh, we're gonna actually kind of lightning round <laughs> question each other, uh, or ask a question. We'll both kind of answer it, just as like a kind of get to know me type segment. As this this is our very first episode, our intro. Uh, so and this, this will be something that we do with our guests as well. It will be. Yeah, we're gonna lightning round all of our our guests to try and. Uh, we, we, well, the, the, it's gonna be designed so that we can kind of dive deeper like i said into into them as people and drinkers instead of uh right so let's uh okay sean yes so let's go favorite let's go favorite favorite distillery right now off the top of my head i'd have to go with glen glen yeah still yeah that's been like that for a while though pretty much yeah. since I started. right right now for me it's deanston with some of their limited releases like that that deanston palo potato was that incredible organic the cream Oloroso. sherry the organic oloroso the i haven't tried the new pinot yet but they've they've had some incredible new really and i love i just i just love there's something about deanson that i just love their spirit speaking of deanson there's 
one coming up that we're going to get our hands on pretty soon that I'm really stoked on. Well, yeah, that, that will, <laughs> this will properly segue into our cast that's coming, but we'll get into that when it gets here. So if you, if right now, if you could leave and go visit one distillery, which distillery would it be? Honestly, I'm going to go with two just because okay. one's in Ireland, Dingle, Dingle okay. Distillery. Yeah. Um, I never went to the distillery when I was there, but that part of Ireland stole my heart. Like if mm-hmm. I could move there tomorrow, I would in a second. Interesting. Um, and then, if I went Scotch, Kilholman. Just where they are, they're yeah. kind of out of the way on Isla, and the fact that it's family-owned, family-run, they distill or they grow a bunch of their own barley. Yeah, and you know they have drank or bottles releases named after areas around them, like Loch Gorm is a peated lake. Yeah, it's dark brown, and the Macu yeah. Bay is like one of the best beaches that you can find in Scotland. So, um, sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just. You know, I, I just want to go and they malt or they have malting floors that are still in use. Like, I just want to see and dive right into it. Yeah. That's probably the two. My, I, I would go too as well. Um, if I was to go like a world whiskey, uh, Catalan. Oh, easy. just because it, it, every, <laughs> every picture you see of it looks like a postcard and it's, and tropical climate. Like, yeah, why not? If exactly. I go, <laughs> right. Uh, and then in, like in the, as far, as far as scotch goes, I, I want to go see the Buna distillery. Yeah. Yeah. The Buna, just because it's such like a picturesque distillery. Um, and then you're already on Islay and there's so many, there's just so many iconic distilleries in that area that you can just keep going from there. But like, it, it, same I'm, I don't want to give any, like, there's obviously if I would never just go see one. But I was just gonna say, you're, you're two, not going right? to you're Iowa gonna go, exactly. seeing one. You're yeah. gonna go see all. But that's where I would go first, for sure. So next, let's, uh, what's, what's a, what's a pet peeve of yours, Sean? Pet peeve. It could be whiskey related. It could uh, be anything. Whiskey related. Um, the accounts that follow you that post picture after picture after picture and you never ever see an open bottle. Yeah, but, that's, that's a pretty common pet peeve, I think. So a motto that I've kind of adopted is whiskey's for drinking. Like, Drinking, sharing, either way you're opening a bottle. Like, yes, I have bottles. Not for stroking. Yeah, stroking egos <laughs> as some choose to use it for. I mean, yeah, I have unopened bottles. I have bottles that. Well, but only because you can't drink all of them yeah, right you now. You can drink a hundred bottles at <laughs> yeah. once. But yeah, I do have some squared away that, you know, that. Everybody's got a bunk or some that you will yeah. open later or, and or whatever. For the most part, it's discontinued ones that I yeah. love, but That's it's all stuff that I've opened. Yeah. At one point. For sure. But yeah, people that don't open your bottles, never open their bottles, post pictures of, you know, 100 bottles, all sealed, all in boxes. I mean, it's probably petty to have it as a pet peeve, but yeah, it just bugs me. Really, I think it's pretty common, honestly. It's, I don't, I honestly, I find I don't even follow those counts anymore. Yeah, I don't interact this time, with them. But one of my pet peeves, if you want to, like, if you want to talk kind of the, the social part of whiskey is... I can't stand the accounts that don't post a single one of their own pictures and all they're doing is posting other people's pictures and getting compliments on them. And even though they, even though they reach out, some of them will say half of them reach out and ask if they can post your picture, even though they posted it before they asked. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. It's like, get like have you generate your own material, man. Yeah. Like don't, and don't get me wrong. Like I, there, there I'm are not, a few actually, okay, wait, I, I'm going to say there's an exception because there are a few that, post for to kind of relay information and they're posting to 
promote other people properly. Fair enough. So like the top whiskeys account. Yeah. They, they're, they're always, yeah, they're always very appreciative of, of the people they post for and they post to promote you. They don't post to promote that. themselves. Yeah. So that, that's a little bit different. It's, it's the accounts that are just promoting themselves and uh, using your material without really getting your permission. Oh, exactly. And like, I'm by no means the best photographer, but I'd still rather post my picture of a bottle than somebody else's and claim it's mine. Yeah, for sure. I just feel dirty (laughs) if I would ever do that. (laughs) Yeah, I've only ever posted, well, at the beginning, it was Graham and I obviously both contributing back when we were just taking pictures on on an iPhone. As soon as I started taking pictures with an actual camera, I was like, sorry, Graham, you're cut. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've only ever posted what picture, one other picture, which is someone else's photography. It was a, uh, Jeremy Pugh who, who, oh. uh, did that awesome picture of my, of the, the Glen Carn, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's not, I, I couldn't bring myself to, to posting other people's pictures. No. It, yeah, I like yeah. to create my own content, but yeah, exactly. Uh, what, uh, what's a TV show and movie you're watching right now? Um, let's, let's just go with TV shows because who watches movies? Do you yeah, watch okay. movies? Well, <laughs> I watched Home Alone with my girls for the oh, first time. Oh, there you time. go. Yeah. Well, that's was a a fir- their first time watching it. Their first time? They were scared for the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Really? With the creepy old guy. Oh, yeah. They loved it. They wanted to watch it again the next night. My, for, my two-year-old daughter, well, turns three at Christmas here. She, uh, she tur- grabbed the remote and just turned it on one day because it's on Disney. Yeah. So... I come downstairs and she's watching it and she is just loving it. She's like laughing at it and stuff. And now it's the only show she wants to watch. And you think to yourself, you're like, it's a little rugged for like a two or three year old. Even for my seven and nine year old. Well, exactly. A little bit in it. But at the same time, it's whatever. It's good humor and who cares? Like I, I didn't grow up in one of those families where my parents didn't let me watch the Simpsons. So I'm not going to be the same. I'm not right. I'm not going to shelter from who exactly. Like, my favorite movie when I was three was Top Gun, and it's not the most <laughs> yeah. child friendly movie. It's basically, a bunch of jocks <laughs> and guys dying and <laughs> shooting down yeah. airplanes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in terms of a TV show, um, like most people, I watch most of my TV shows on streaming services. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm literally have half an episode left of a show called Hunters. It mm. is phenomenal. Um. And right now I'm just waiting for season six of Peaky Blinders to come out. Ah, Peaky Blinders. It, that's something I need to get into for sure. It's literally probably one of my favorite shows in the last 10, 15 years that I, I watched it and watched it, binged it as much as I could. <laughs> like every nice. flight up to work and bus ride to and from, like that's I really take a bus for 12 minutes and I'm watching it for 12 minutes at a time. That good, eh? Oh, oh man, I really need to get into that. For me, the, like the, me and my wife just finished uh, Kingdom last night, which I thought is an incredib- incredibly well-written show. Um, it died in 2017, but there's talks that there's going to be more seasons, which which I hope Netflix picks it up. Okay, let's uh, let's speed up the the answering here. I'm just going to go like one word. Okay, answers. Uh, last movie or TV show you cried? At. Oh man. Probably this is us or Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I can't control Mary's the Grey. No, I can't control the TV hundred percent of the time, and the wife gets her choices, and she watches all those. I know sometimes they're just it's impossible not to like get drawn in emotionally. Oh, exactly. Last night the season premiere of of Kingdom was like a tearjerker the entire time. It was ridiculous because <laughs> he didn't see it coming. But yeah. um, okay. 
this one where what's the first thing that comes to mind when we say this word? So Irish. Bushmills. Swill. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Canadian. Two brewers. Ah, two brewers. I love two brewers. Uh, for me, it'd be wiser. First thing that comes. Uh, bourbon. Oh man. Wild turkey. Wild turkey for me too. Honestly, because that's where I started. That's where my bourbon journey kind of started. That's pretty much where mine started too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, festival. Oof. Uh, MS Festival. I think Banff Whiskey Experience. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, that's such a good one. Probably change. <laughs> uh, travel. Scotland. Yeah. Uh, for me, Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Because that's where... that's. Uh, we had a trip planned to go to Kentucky Bourbon Trail it's this year for my like, 40th birthday. Oh, and, I know. <laughs> yeah, who knows if that'll happen. Scotland. Glencoe. It's my favorite spot. It's the, probably the most photographed spot in Scotland. Really? But it, I'll tell you a quick story. So the day we got there, the clouds were so low. Mm-hmm. And the, the famous picture of Glencoe is a tiny little white cabin. There's a lake and a stream, some sheep. And then these big, huge mountains with waterfalls on them. <laughs> when we got there, you couldn't even see the cabin from the road. The next day when we came back through, it was clear and sunny and you could see everything. And just getting out of the vehicle, the car and standing there. Yeah. There's so much history and like tragedy that happened there. Sounds and like you, need to go there. you literally feel the heaviness That's just standing cool. there. It's like, I, just the atmosphere I've never felt like... that anywhere else I've traveled Crazy. other than that trip to the island of Scotland. And I felt it in a few different places, but. That was the first time I felt like this heaviness in just like the surrounding. Awesome. It was crazy. Can't wait to go. Okay, uh, favorite cocktail? Uh, Smoky Backyard. I had it at uh, Guru. At Guru. Yeah, so it's got Druidar. Jeep the Magician. Which is a rare drams liqueur. Yeah. And then the Ockmore. And then you stir it with a burning cinnamon stick. It was unreal. Probably my favorite cocktail. What's a favorite cocktail you've ever had? Yeah. Mine, uh, my like my go to cocktail is kind of boring, but it's an old fashioned. I always order an old fashioned everywhere I go. I obviously make a lot of cocktails. I experiment a lot of cocktails here, and lately, or sorry, recently, my uh, it's I I made a cinnamon rosemary, a smoked cinnamon rosemary simple syrup that I'll make like a sour or a old fashioned or all kinds of different cocktails, and that's that's kind of been the my favorite base. Uh, favorite food, lastly. Donairs. Donairs. That is a, that's an Edmonton answer right there. Oh, it totally. That's <laughs> such an and Edmonton I've, answer. It's weird because in oh, the em- Edmonton whiskey community, yeah. I've had like arguments and huge oh, conversations of about donairs, <laughs> which course, is yeah. totally Edmonton. Mine, mine's not, I guess not far off, but I'm tacos Mexican. Like I've, I could eat Mexican food. Oh yeah. Oh, every day, every day of my life and not ever get sick of it. <laughs> we used to, my wife and I used to go to LA once a year. And one of the last trips, I said, I don't care what we're doing. We're driving around until we found a street taco truck. Yeah. And I found one at like 10 30 at night. It was one of the best burrito tacos I've ever had. There, uh, my wife is from, well, she grew up in Sioux City, Iowa. The place is just full of authentic. Oh, yeah. Mexican restaurants. Like cantinas. And oh, stuff. God. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's totally, it's like you're in Little Mexico. That's it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, honestly. Although I won't say Iowa is not like the coolest place. You, know? you don't think <laughs> it's like, going you don't to, think like, it's like going to Little Mexico in Saskatchewan. Yeah. For people in, <laughs> for people here in Canada. It's, it's like 
having a little Mexico in Esteban. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Should be but. pretty awesome. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's move on. So the other segment where we're going to pop into these episodes is the uh, – Sean, Sean wants to do a grind. What grinds his malt? What grinds my malt? Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food. I've had the same haircut since 1978 and have driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. Are you going to tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? I don't want to seem overdramatic, but I don't really care what happens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stay angry. I find that relaxes me. This is my hell. I'm just going to let Sean take this away, because Sean can be a grumpy old bastard sometimes. Yeah, I've been called Dark Cloud a few times, man. <laughs> um, well, for the first and all... He's the Ron like, Swanson of this, yeah. uh, of this podcast. So. <laughs> for the first What Grinds My Malt segment, I'm going to go with... It may be an Edmonton or Alberta problem, but it's stores that, when they hear news of an award being issued, I mean, it happens a lot in the States, too, um, or, you know, that something was awarded something and then it is going going to be rare, that they automatically overnight jack up the price. And, of course, we all saw it with the Alberta premium uh, calf strength, but the gym... Jim, what's his name? Don't want to mention it. Award as the whiskey of the year. Yep. And I was at work. It was a Tuesday when it was awarded. I flew home on the Wednesday or maybe it was the Wednesday it was announced. And I flew home that night. The next day I went out and I literally went to a dozen stores before I found one. And it was limited one per customer. And there was, you couldn't use a discount on it if you had one. Um, And then, so I bought one. And I had an, another one stashed away. And when we bought them, when they first came out, they were $65. And $65 for that whiskey is pretty much where it should be priced. Yeah, if not cheaper. Yeah. And then. Like it's good, but it's like, yeah, 50 or $60 good. Yeah. I mean, it's a great cast strength rye. Sure which is, yeah. rye you don't see cast strength. It's quintessentially it. Alberta yeah. premium. Exactly. And then that night, I start seeing posts that a store in Fort Saskatchewan marked up to 180 and there were mm-hmm. stores that are, you know, 150. Other stores went out and cleaned out other people's stocks so they could sell resell it at a higher price. And then, of course, you find out that the parent company pulled. There's 200 cases left in Alberta, and they pulled 150 of them. And then the rumors ran that they were shipping oh, they were them. running rampant for yeah. They months. were shipping them to Japan because they were going to pay 500 US. Which I don't think they actually ended up doing. No, they yeah. pulled them. So one store couldn't get all the stock. Yeah. And then when they re, when they started releasing, they incrementally it, released it. So yeah. yeah. And it was allocated. So you couldn't buy yeah. or the stores Depending couldn't pick on who up. sold their product. Yeah. Which, yeah, they're just running a business. And then on top of that, you still see stores. Like I went and walked into a store. No word of a lie. It was $399.99. And I walked in, I saw it behind the counter and I laughed. And the guy looked at me like, what are you laughing at? I said, are you seriously selling? I, legit asked him if he was seriously selling it for $400. And he said, well, yeah. I'm like, where are you basing that price off of? And so happens a lot with when you're as involved in whiskey as us, but 
I gave him a little bit of education. I said, you know, they just started re-releasing the cases that were pulled. You can get it now for regular price. Mm-hmm. And there's stores that have it for 65, 70 bucks, 80, maybe at high end. Yeah. Then I saw another store in Jasper. Same thing. Yeah. He's notorious for doing that though. And so that is a pet peeve when you're marking it up to, you know, eight times the MSRP on it. It's ridiculous. And anybody that goes into a store and sees that, shame them. Shame them for doing it. Cause oh, for sure. And then down, like when, when you want to talk about this subject, you'll get a lot of response from the bourbon drinkers down south because they deal with this on a regular basis. Yeah. But, but the liquor prices are not regulated and allocated as fairly down there. Yeah. And they, but there's, there's actual Instagram's account, like overpriced bourbon and stuff like yeah. that. Cause they, it's a shame. Right, they're shame- they need to shame these guys because yeah, the, the one just- I laugh at is Buffalo Trace, standard Buffalo Trace. It is on every liquor store shelf in Alberta for thirty five bucks, 35, forty bucks. Yeah, in there, there's a there bunch states of states where, where it's allocated one per person. They're selling for eighty dollars American. <laughs> I know Blanton's is the same thing. Oh, I know. Like when Blatt- Blanton's gets released here once a year, typically, and it's on ev- it's on every shelf for months. Yeah. Before it finally sells out, like even the corner store liquor stores get it, yeah, and it's it remains like in the seventy to eighty dollar range Canadian, which is around fifty bucks American, yeah, and but down there it's in some states one hundred and fifty American. Oh, it's crazy! It's just it's, it's for insane. standard blends. So I I definitely sympathize because we deal with it not that often here. Yeah, and when it does, usually the community loses their effing mind. Yeah, because of it. Down there, they deal with it on a regular basis, and I, I can that it grinds my mouth too. Oh, even when I'm down there looking for bottles, there's some places that, like I, I when I um when I was down there in July, I found a bottle of uh, Midnight Winter's Jam, the High West. Yeah, I found it for seventy dollars at a gas station, but it was, it was like fifteen minutes after I saw it in another liquor store for like two hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that just shows you the. Yeah. Right. The difference between the two. But, but I mean, in Alberta, it's privatized liquor. You can sell it whatever you want. You can put a sticker on it saying whatever you want. Doesn't mean anybody will No, buy you it. can, but there's just a little bit more respect. Yeah. For the market because the whiskey, like the, the whiskey centric stores are all have, uh, they, they just, they all have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. And the people buying the whiskey. Exactly. Which I appreciate. And, and the I hope sto- that never changes. Yeah, and the stores that don't, that do have jacked up prices, people don't buy from them anyways. Yeah, exactly, and, and they, they'll just get one off sales to some random person that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't know better. Exactly, they just got money to burn. Yeah, but they're never going to sell that bottle to one of us. That's no, for sure. Exactly, and we'll just shame them when we can. Exactly. So that's uh, the first ever. First ever Sean's grinds my malt. <laughs> I look forward to more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna. End this podcast on a on a grind by malt <laughs> note. <Sounds good>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna end each episode with a little parting glass uh, moment. I don't know if you ever heard of the the song "The Parting Glass." It's an old Irish well, Scot- maybe Shop- it's, it's a Scottish traditional tune, and it predates even Robbie Burns. And it was usually what was sung at the end of a celebration and yeah. of a gathering. Uh, lately, it's been turned into more of a funeral song. But um, the sentiment in it is just, you know, 
basically cheers and may help cheers and good prosper that exactly. kind of thing right so um, on, I'm gonna I'll do the parting glass today and it's just gonna be a simple message with uh, with Christmas and, and the holidays coming and COVID kind of wreaking havoc on on business owners lives uh, I just I kind of want to I want to not only raise a glass to the all the local business owners and, and the kind of the trouble that they're going through and I just want to urge you all to shop local as much as possible. Right. Right? Amazon and Walmart don't need, they don't need your money. They don't need any more of our money. Honestly, it's the people that are, that are struggling. So if you're, if you're going to buy, if, if you're in town here in Edmonton, if you're going to buy a bottle of booze or a bottle of whiskey, go, go to the distillery, go to Hanson. Yeah. <clears throat> buy their product, go to Strathcona Spirits, go, right. Uh, go to, go to their websites. They all sell online, go to Token, go to, go to all these, these local distilleries and shops and let's let's please support them i can tag on to that i had a online local online business and we sold a lot of uh local businesses wares on our website mm-hmm. and i was sent this thing once and it was every time you buy from a local small business a person does a happy dance on that note we'll raise our glass and cheers to you all Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you keep listening from here on. Cheers. Cheers. So fulfill to me the parting glass. Good night, and joy be to you all. Cheers, everyone. Good night.